Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. This week, we have cops, British people, a small town, lots of weapons, crazy, crazy dialogue, wild editing, and of course, Cornettos. I'm joined by my special guest, Chris Rowe, to talk about Edgar Wright's 2006 action buddy comedy, Hot Fuzz. Hey, Chris. Sup? How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm excited for this. Oh, good. I'm glad. Um, this was your choice. Why'd you choose this movie? Um, cause I'm half British, so like I get all the jokes, <laughs> and it's just such a fun movie. It is. Yeah, it's great. I'm, I I saw this movie. This was one of those movies where my stepdad always watched, it and he just like proclaimed pro- proclaimed how much he loved it. But I never got to watch it. Same mm-hmm. with like like Shaun of the Dead and so I was I when I finally I watched it for the first time a year or two ago and it was like I had like the time of my life watching it yeah I've seen it like maybe six times yeah. the first three times seeing it it's just a regular movie to me but like now that I have like I'll put quotes around it taste in movies <laughs> like watching it back and I'm like holy this is a completely different experience that you can get like you can't get this like with any other movie yeah it's very um Edgar Wright you know puts his signature style on it because if like if anyone else had done this any other action director it wouldn't be the same no it, it wouldn't have the heart like it's enjoyable yeah exactly so this was um this is the second movie in edgar wright's um, official three flavors cornetto trilogy do you know what the cornetto is um i've heard it like well uh, yeah i know what a cornetto is okay. it's a little ice cream cone yeah it looks pretty good um so these three films include um 2004 Shaun of the dead um, hot fuzz and uh finished with 2013's the world's end um i've seen have you seen all three of these i have not seen the last one but okay. i've seen Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz a million times i love all three of them they're all really really fantastic and i i think i like i like this one the most and i think i actually did see them in order i saw Shaun of the dead first when i was like 10 and i loved it i thought it was so funny and then I saw this, and then I saw The World's End. I saw The World's End in this movie in kind of the same time span. Mm-hmm. And But I would say that this one is definitely my favorite. It's... See, I saw... I wasn't allowed to see Shaun of the Dead because that was violent. Yeah. <laughs> but I was allowed to see Hot Fuzz, which is also violent. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> but very... Um, very different movies yeah it's like not violence for violence it's violence for like the fun of it yeah exactly as sick as that is yeah no absolutely um so this uh this movie was um directed by edgar wright who we all know now is um has become more in the mainstream with this trilogy he's done um, scott pilgrim versus the world and uh baby driver which came out last year all of his movies have been um pretty fairly successful and have garnered a reputation because of his style um, so this was his second movie, I think, after Shaun of the Dead being the first and then this, I believe. So what do you think, why does Edgar Wright, why is he someone that has become more, He's he's gone into the mainstream of movies like so quickly over the past decade or so. How is his, what do you think has, ma- has made him stand out among the rest or has made him more popular as quickly as he's become? Well, I think because he takes a new take on action movies like 
for the most part in Shaun of the Dead, if there's like a car chase, he takes it differently than most would. Like most would be like, the car chase is going to be half the movie, like a 10 minute long experience. But like that, there's a scene of them pulling over another car, which is like a three second scene, just yeah. a quirky, like a lights flash, car revs, and then like pulling over yeah. just like that. He also, I, yeah, he's very stylized, but he does it in a way that he he's very good at like manipulating the pacing yeah the pace which is you know key he does it he does it for comedy he does it well for action and it doesn't seem like i mean we're in a world where like action movies are kind of um like uh overbearing overbearing with like quick cutting like there's a lot of like times where it cuts so fast that you don't know what um what is going on you know yeah god damn it morty okay so that I, we see so much and i think what his use of quick cutting for some reason he's really good at knowing how long a shot should be yeah exactly it, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem too fast you know it works for what it's going for if it's like even just a second or less mm-hmm. than like it's not like you're losing something in the movie and also something i've noticed in like most of edgar wright's movies or like movies in general his characters and like anything moving they teleport Like, you don't see, like, character wants to walk down a hallway. You don't see him go into the hallway, go down the hallway, come out the other side. It's, he steps into the hallway, you'll show, like, a foot stamp and, like, crazy music, different transitions of, like, obnoxious things. Like, any little thing, like a door handle turning, just a zoom in on that real quick. Yeah. Just to convey that a character's moving. Yeah, he's really good at taking something that's mundane and making it exciting which, which is there's countless examples of it yeah in here and um, this movie's so amazing for it because like the britishness itself is quirky and like boring yeah <laughs> but like it's so lovingly boring yeah like all the characters and their obsessiveness with certain things like oh a cup of tea or yeah like sweets or whatever it may be yeah it's he just does it so well. Um, this was co-written by uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, who star in, stars in the movie alongside Nick Frost. It was uh, released in 2004 and uh, was made for $12 million and grossed um, $80.7 million. Now, while that's still a, like it's um, it's still something, it's still like a gain box officely. It's not a huge um, like box office standout like yeah. i mean 80 million dollars over is maybe on its own not that much but over 12 million sure i think this was a movie that people realized that this was something that would set edgar because like you see something like Shaun of the dead and you know that's different it's like ooh, a zombie comedy that's cool you know zombie land hadn't come out for a while and then you have something like this which is just another straight like cop comedy which were huge you know in the 2000s that was like a really big thing so i think that seeing a trailer for that is just automatically going to excite people but then they get into it and it's so much more yeah it's so much different like it's a breath of fresh air for the genre itself yeah exactly um i have a couple facts here i gotta find them um so this movie has a 91 percent approval rating on rotten tomatoes average score of 7.7 out of 10 based on 201 reviews so generally speaking it's it's well liked Mm -hmm. it's definitely um i'm not sure what the numbers are compared to his other i think um in terms of the Cornetto trilogy, they all got into the 90 percentile yeah. of Rotten Tomatoes. So it's something that um, the, the, he is like these three movies are like kind of well known. At mm-hmm. least now they are, you know, 
Um, so kind of like sleeper hits. Yeah. Like it'd come out and people would just be like, Oh, it's just another cop movie. But uh-huh. like, if you say, Oh, hot fuzz to most people now, now that it's on Netflix, uh-huh. it's so accessible. Yeah, and exactly. Like everyone's seen it and yeah. everyone loves it. Exactly. Yeah. And it, I think that that's another kind of thing that like it, Netflix has kind of brought those. And I know like world's end was on Netflix at one point. So was Shaun of the dead has kind of brought it like kind of opened the world to him a little bit more because of it, mm-hmm. which I, I'm kind of grateful for like because yeah. i i love all of his movies all of his movies are great in my opinion um so i would love to go through the story with you um beat for beat maybe not beat for people like throughout and um and we'll talk about what we like what we didn't like if you haven't seen hot fuzz definitely check it out there's going to be um heavy spoilers we're talking about the entire movie so go back watch it and then um come listen to us you've and been even warned. if you haven't seen it it's kind of like it's not like a spoiler ruins the movie it's like it's an experience nonetheless yeah but i still think it's a very interesting way that the story plays out yeah it's true yeah um so we start off and we get this really really awesome uh character intro of nicholas angel played by simon Pegg. oh that first shot of it's, him just walking dead down a hallway it's so great and it's i love that it's overcut by martin freeman's voiceover of this movie is packed to the brim with like the the every british, british actor ever. yeah <laughs> who's like you know just every so you got martin freeman simon Pegg, nick frost um bill nye um stephen coogan uh jim broadbent all you need you just got to throw michael Caine in there and it's complete you know that's <laughs> so, true it doesn't have michael Caine, the one other british yeah actor. exactly <laughs> <laughs> but the um i love like he it shows that he is there like he's a great cop he's super active he's a great cycler and he's just insane. I love this character, Joe, but it's also, it's not something really that you would see out of Simon Pegg, at least at this point, you know, he's much yeah, more... Yeah, it's much different than his other characters he's played. Mm-hmm. Like, he's super serious in yeah. this. I think also in this, this was different because, like, around this time, I think Run, Fat Boy, Run also was coming out and people had known him for Shaun of the Dead, so everyone's like, oh, he's just, like, comedic. So I, I think this is one of the best performances that Simon Pegg has given, personally. I mean, as far as... Have you seen the new Mission Impossible movie? I have. Can't, oh, well, I not would. not not Fallout. That hasn't come out yet. But, I know. But I was um, say of like of the ones he's in, he's fantastic. <laughs> I, there haven't been anything that I've seen Simon Pegg do that I really didn't like. That's true. Like yeah. I, I always enjoy his characters. Yeah, he's just a lot of fun. Um, but he is now being. Uh, he was <laughs> he was stabbed in the hand by a Santa Claus. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a good joke. It's, it's, it's so random, but it's, it's so, so zany. That's yeah. like the amazing thing about these movies is they can be completely zany. They bend reality. Like mm-hmm. there's a scene when they're in the bar and there's like he's looking around like at all the bar patrons and realizing they're all underage yeah, kids. Looks exactly. over at like this one kid who has braces and it shows like the light gleaming off it and yeah. then all of a sudden his character is just. So swallowed with light it's so great like he bends reality when it's funny yeah exactly and that's another thing i think what's interesting about this movie you can't take it completely seriously yeah it's not you know i mean there are dramatic elements to it but it's like it's it's a a buddy cop movie just it's a little bit better than most yeah and the thing is with that feel he can get away with a lot like sometimes I mean, there's a point where two characters get their heads decapitated and yeah. they're just sitting in the road. Yeah. It looks goofy as shit. Yeah. But the thing is, it's a goofy movie. Yeah, exactly. So, like, 
bad like and there's every blood spatter you can tell is special effects yeah. blood spatters but it's so funny so yeah. it doesn't matter it's supposed you're supposed to be entertained by it that's yeah. the main yeah um so he's being transferred from london to this um small town called um sanford and uh, he it's it's a small country town and he is clearly not the person to be sent to this place he's like very black and white by the book city cop mm-hmm. you know he goes to this town it's just it's not his type of people it's it's kind of like it, it's a little bit like like twin peaks except the person uh, and um the, except like simon pegg's character hates being in this town a lot more than kyle mclaughlin did in twin peaks and uh he's everyone everyone in this town is just so crazy like yeah. it's just so idiosyncratic and obviously we'll talk about the ending later but like just how warm and welcoming and just weird these people are I think they really captured like the quaint britishness of a small town uh, when like he's going for his run and literally every person in town says morning sergeant yeah morning, morning sergeant, sergeant. <laughs> it's so great it's so random and when he's when he's moving there and we find out actually earlier that he had a he was with a he was with a woman earlier. Um, he was married at one point, but they broke up. I can't remember what her name was. Um, oh, I don't. I remember. But either. but he was clearly like way too focused on the job, and she, he goes to visit her at this crime scene where he um, he's saying like, "Oh, I'm leaving." And I love they all. Everyone in the crime scene looks the same. So he's like, "I think her name's like Janine, I think, or something like that. Something like that. It's like like Janine. I'm leaving. It's like I'm not Janine. That's <laughs> that's Janine. And he's like, "Was it?" Um, uh, she's like oh why don't you talk to bob and he's like hello there <laughs> so goofy. yeah she's like i've been seeing somebody else like oh who bob and then like a guy turns around in the like, background he's like does bob look like the kind of guy yeah. i go out with <laughs> it's actually david david's right next to him he's like hello there oh, hello <laughs> <laughs> it's just little things like that i just love but it's also this is a good thing to see about his character is that he's so focused on his job more than anything else he's so about the law and about um making sure everything is right and he, and he loves his little Japanese um, plant. I can't Peace remember. Peace lily. Peace lily, yes. Yeah. He, he, he loves that thing. Um, so he's going to this town, and I love the scene where he's he's on the train, he's off the train. He's, like, he's traveling, he's on, at the place. He's like, oh, is uh, your cottage is ready. Oh, actually, it's uh, it's not ready. And it's everything about, like, yeah, you kind of like you said, he, they te- he teleports. And yeah. he's just going from one, and it's so such a mundane little he's traveling from one place to the next all all while carrying his piece lily in one arm but he made edgar wright just makes it so exciting because and it's not even an action scene it's a man literally sitting on a train waiting for a train in a car waiting to get off it's just it's so i think it also i mean it just shows how like ridiculous certain like movies can be because like this is a whole ridiculous very like a very ridiculous sequence it's just a he's just going from point a to point b but he doesn't in such a crazy stylistic way that a lot of cop movies do yeah and he he just wants you to have fun and he i think he does so well like he's not gonna bog you down with like him sitting on a train and like oh geez something's got to happen on this yeah. train otherwise the audience is gonna be bored but like he's just a zip bop bang and he's there yeah exactly um and so we get to meet he runs into nick frost's character danny who is drunk at the bar and is uh he has to prosecute him because of uh drunk driving and he goes back the next morning after he's they have basically let everyone that he prosecuted go the kids and uh, those like pissing on the sidewalk or whatever the ones you said were underage yeah they've all they're all gone and not only is danny gone 
he is also a police officer at this force and it's a great introduction because it's clear that it i just love these such a he's like he's gone it's like yeah he is and it's him it's like mm-hmm. oh <laughs> just nick and that's another great thing nick frost this movie would not work without nick frost that's true playing, he playing is, the idiot exactly he's not only is he like he's the idiot but he's an overgrown man child he also plays with like the lax nature mm-hmm. of like just the british country's countryside where like they don't care about the drinking laws they're like oh it's for the greater good that they're in here yeah exactly and that comes into play later um but the the chemistry i mean is clear it has been clear for years between simon uh peg and nick frost they are just perfect together they are a, a wonderful pairing and he's actually danny is the son of the inspector the head of the police department i love that they go from person to person we meet um there's only one female uh police officer working in her name uh is like uh doris um so we meet the only female um police officer doris we meet bob walker the guy who is literally unintelligible who is just fantastic we meet it's an actual accent like my dad's british and he sat down and watched he's watched the movie with me so many Uh times and he can straight up understand him (laughs) i can kind of understand him just because like i've been exposed to it more Uh but like it's such a fun gag when they're playing with like he says something and they all look at each other and then the person who understands most is like oh he says this yeah I, lo- I also love when he when Doris like will make like dirty jokes. He's like, oh, it's not the only thing I I'll eat tonight, and everyone laughs. And he's like, huh, cocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does that. Um, or when she offers to show him around the police station, and she she says like, oh, I've been around the police station a couple times, if yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and he's like, huh, tits. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we meet the two Andes, um, who are oh, both of them together. They're inspectors. They're so funny. They're ridiculous they make no sense but they're so funny they like they were like kind of the no holds bar kind of people they everything they just say just is so funny mm-hmm. um it's just filthy too it is it really is it's so gross so stupid but yet you can't like you can't hate them you can't you really can't yeah and like they're just he, uh, the main character just despises them yeah but be- like because they're such idiots after this um, introduction to the to the police station, we are um, we meet some more people throughout the town. We get characters like um, Skinner, who is played um, brilliantly by Timothy Dalton. I love that. He's character. so fantastic, so funny, so over the top. He runs up to him and says, "Like I'm a I, I'm a slasher. Yeah, you should I arrest need to be me of prices. Yeah, <laughs> he's he gives. Um, I mean, he they do a really great spin on like the red herring." in this movie like you totally know and are believe that it's him but the way that it ends is you know it's very different but he is such a really good villain character you know i mean obviously from playing james bond he knows that side of things yeah but he is he's so great and so charismatic he plays james bond he did two james bond movies i believe timothy dalton uh did uh license to kill and i think your majesty's secret service oh i haven't seen either of those (laughs) that explains it yeah i think those are the two he definitely did license to kill though i've seen like literally every james bond movie Uh i just haven't seen those two (laughs) so that's why um so it's really it's clear that simon Pegg does not belong in this world because um 
all of these cops are very much like, oh, every yeah, it's for the greater good. It's Let okay. It you, it, it's who cares? Good. Yeah, who gives a shit? It, everything's gonna be okay. And he even says like, there was an officer before you who was like very much like you, and it was just it was too much. He didn't need to. You don't need not everything in the city. You know, it's it's not the same here. It's it's completely different. Everything. It's going to be okay, you know, but like, that's not who he is. It's a big conflict between, you know, him, between Simon Pegg's like man versus society. It's totally separate. They yeah. just do not work. But the thing is, you don't root against him yeah. for as like outlandish as he seems. Like no. it's fun to watch him sit there and prosecute every criminal that yeah. could possibly come up with anything wrong. Yeah. And you, because he's really good. Like he is kind of an audience character because it's like you are with him from the beginning and you're feeling what he's feeling. Cause it's like, it's very clear and almost frust- a little bit frustrating in the way that they don't see eye to eye mm-hmm. him in the town. And it's just not going with his morals because he believes so much in the law and he's so hardworking that when you get into this area of just like, just really lax it just doesn't work but it does work on, a, on another like in a storytelling sense it, it works really well so um after this we are like a really really good couple scenes of nick frost and simon peg danny and uh nicholas just walking around and danny being the overgrown uh, man child that he is is just asking him like oh have you ever like uh you ever been in a high speed chase? You ever like jumped in yeah. the air while shooting the shooting a gun? You ever done it twice? It's just like <laughs> he's I he's so lovable, Danny, because he's he's so naive and just so because I mean he's part of he is part of this town he's grown up in, but he doesn't he has no experience. And even he says like he's so like he's like I I feel like I'm missing out on so much and being he a cop. wants to be a cop like him and he's like you are a cop like me yeah and. But he's so, like, he's he's so annoyed by him. But I just find Danny, like, if I were, like, I can understand why the character of Nicholas a- uh, Angel was upset with Danny. But they just work so well together that it's, it's, it's just, it's so funny. So when they're sitting at their cars, um, watching cars go by, making sure that no one is speeding, they pull over two actors. So they meet Martin Blower and Eve Draper. That's what it is. They... Um, they are on their way. They are the two leads in Romeo and Juliet at this local um stage, and they're speeding because they have to get to the final rehearsal. But they pro they have to like write them a ticket anyway, and they are actually able to. They are ordered to go to the show because they they are like, oh, take you know two tickets, but so they have to go because their captain like told them to and. It's awful. It's so bad. Their acting is awful. I mean, it's it's obviously it's supposed to be, but this performance there, it's clear that they're just sitting there, just loathing it. And I would have loved to been in a theater uh, to see this scene and how it would have affected the audience seeing this for the first time when they start singing "Lover Boy" at the end of yeah. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> it's just how ridiculous it it's was. And so... You can see it like in Simon Pegg's eyes as he like leans back in his seat like that. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but it's so... <laughs> I just wish I could have known what people were thinking when they first saw this movie, because it's so crazy. Uh, they are murdered... The two are murdered on... Uh, later that night, the two actors, um, Martin and Eve, are both murdered by a cloaked figure whom we do not know. And it is um, a little bit clear that 
it, the plot starts to thicken a little bit when we think it is Timothy Dalton's character Skinner because he says something. You know, that he's like, you know, oh, he says she... like, if I'd bash your head open, how many secrets would come out? Yeah, he says these really creepy things, but it's all done to the point where you're like, yeah, he definitely did it. And he's got that weaselly smile. Yeah, too. with that. Uh, yeah, he's just a slimy guy, but um, it it plays in like really well, um, to the overall like. It unfolds in such a very odd way, I feel, because I love, as you see, more of these characters being killed off. So then George Merchant is killed and Timothy Messen- Tim Messenger, who's the newspaper guy. It seems pretty clear that Timothy Dalton's character is the one who's doing it. And while we don't see a lot of George Merchant, Tim Messenger has a couple funny moments when he's just asking him, he's like, oh, hi, uh, what's your perfect Sunday morning? And he's like, I'll handle the press. Now, my perfect Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, the, the cop that's like, uh, what, what do we do in this situation? I have no idea. And the press shows up like, oh, what's your perfect Sunday morning? Yeah. Like, oh, I'll handle the press. Yeah. My perfect Sunday yeah. morning is... I, well, I also love that same cop. Uh, I think it's... Tony Fisher, he does this really great. Um, he, like Simon Pegg will be like, uh, "All right, why don't you do this, this, and this, and this, and this?" And he's like, "All right." What he said? Yeah, he says that like three <laughs> times in the movie. It works so well because um, all the cops aren't used to like they're just sociable. Like yeah. they're, they're there not to like enforce anything. They're just there to bumble around and say like, "Oh, what's going on?" Then, "Oh, terrible accident." Yeah. And it's it's the dialogue in this movie. This movie is written just so well because you have it's um, all looping back on mm-hmm. jokes they've established. Yeah, there's that. There's going back, and then there's just small timing moments of even just little things of how lines are said. Like it, the every, the timing and everything about this, like the writing in this movie, just is spot on. Especially with the comedy, it's so funny, mm-hmm. and it definitely is like it's clearly like British humor, but it's 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 different. It's not like quintessential Monty Python that we like humored. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's it's like kind of deadpan, but like it's just an exhibition of the culture. Yeah, and that's what's funny about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Just like the zany, conformish like outlook on mm-hmm. life. And then after this, my favorite scene in the movie uh, arrives, and it's when we uh, Nicholas, Danny, and uh, walker i think his name is the the unintelligible guy they go out to uh check this one guy who's been clipping his neighbor's hedges and he's even more unintelligible than the <laughs> other guy so they have to translate it down three steps and be like what did he say he said it hedges it's like a game, a game of telephone with yeah a, i think my dad said it's a welsh accent like that's yeah. literally like it's not even an exaggeration like it can be that uh-huh. bad i remember my i had a uh, a professor from england in high school and he said at one point he went to a bar and someone was had that welsh accent and was talking to him just some normal like off the cuff kind of thing it's like and he literally couldn't understand him. And he said to him, he's like, I'm very sorry. I don't speak Gaelic. And he was very upset. <laughs> he was so angry. Apparently, they like almost got into a fight. So, yeah, this is like, and it's so funny. So then they find, he's like, oh, I uh, 
I have a permit for this one. He's like, what do you mean this one? And he, wall to wall in this barn, has so many illegal weapons. It is insane. It's ridiculous, but it's like... And all in the center is a sea mine. A sea mine, yeah. Which, uh, apparently, they do still wash up on beaches. Like, even today. Like, they'll, you'll just get a sea mine just, just randomly washing up on a beach sometimes. That's so weird. And I love, like... So, it, it almost blows up, but it doesn't. But I love, like, he's like, all right, we have to take in all this. And in the background, they're just kicking They're the like, mine. oh, no, it's just a load of junk. Yeah. And starts bashing it in. And then they're both kicking it in the background yeah, like, while I'm, Simon Pegg's on the phone. Yeah, he's like, I'm not... Yeah, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't work. It's okay. It's <laughs> so weird. Um, and another amazing shot of like when it like something makes a big noise when they're still like figuring out what yeah. the sea mine is and they all sprint out music chimes. It's the perfect shot to like pan up to an explosion. They run out, mm -hmm. dive behind a bush and nothing, nothing happens. happens. Yeah. It's and it's just that stuff that like plays on the because in an action movie, you'll expect the explosion. This shot indicates there's going to be an explosion and just like the. <gasps> nothing right, happens yeah. okay yeah and then they both stand up and uh and nick frost like flicks a bit of grass away and seven pig <laughs> slaps his hand <laughs> just the goofy chemistry yeah, between them it just it doesn't this movie doesn't work without it um so later i the next scene is another really great one it's it's a mixture of steve merchant being killed in a gas explosion mixed with danny and nicholas watching point break and bad boys too it's so well done because it's like there's a scene you know like like the the first movie ends mm -hmm. and then they're gonna pop on the next one they're like this next one is gonna blow your mind and the house explodes yeah they click the remote to hit play on the movie and you just see the house explode my favorite edit is when so merchant gets like hit in the head or something like that and he falls down and then simon Pegg also falls down like into his chair like it's like perfect like boom, like two different people oh yeah so they wake up the next morning, they realize that uh, George Merchant has been killed, they go to check out the crime scene, and I love that the two Andys just keep egging him on about how, like, oh, ridiculous that the, the idea of murder being is, like, the, uh, that these characters were murdered, that they just think it's so ridiculous, like, oh, And the repetitive, oh, oh, just a terrible accident. Yeah, but, like, I, my favorite is, like... Oh, what do you like? You want us to call everyone in the San, uh, the Sanford uh, Citizen? Oh, hello, Aaron A. Aronson. <laughs> <laughs> just how, just how completely like ridiculous that they they are, and just how snooty is like just so funny. They have they also have really great chemistry together. Yeah, the two Andes. Like and, there, there's a dead person that's charred to like bits like right in front of them and yeah. they're all picking on him like oh what do you think this was murder yeah <laughs> accidents happen all the time it's and it's just it's clearly like the most ridiculous thing yeah and again it's my favorite is like the littlest touch like he could have just left the gas stove running but he opened up a can of beans and the bacon in the frying yeah. pan and it's just he's trying to yeah he's trying to cover his tracks at least it, that's what it seems like that he wouldn't uh that uh, he died because of uh, that would be an accident like a gas explosion yeah. yeah um what a british way to go exactly yeah um they get back to uh the 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 police station and they realize it's uh it's danny's birthday and so simon Pegg's like oh shit i gotta get you something so he runs down to get him one of those one of those flowers. Oh, this was actually after uh, Tim Messenger die, uh, died because he, they were at the county fair, and uh, I, 
I love that they're dressed. Uh, um, um, Nick Frost and his dad are dressed up in as cowboys. As cowboys. <laughs> it's so. And nice. then when Tim Messenger dies, they're like on like patrol or something, and they're standing by the road, and they have like their rain gear because it's raining, and they have like the little shower cap like on their patrol caps, but like. Nick Frost doesn't have his patrol cap, so it's a shower cap on top of his yeah. cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just the little things like yeah. that just like set the movie off as just like it's just so fun. Yeah, exactly. Every detail is just fun about that. I movie. also love that um the music starts to pick up as he's like, Oh, meet me Tim Messenger's like says to um Simon Pegg, meet me under the, the near the church at three o'clock when it's and, like a minute yeah, away <laughs> and the music is just growing and growing and growing and then simon Pegg runs and tries to like stop him from being killed and is unsuccessful which is another point i want to make that the chase scenes in this movie are fantastic oh yeah they're so great like the one early on when they're at the um they're at the the grocery store and um the shoplifter yeah and the shoplifters running away yeah that is just so well done because and again it's one of those things where it's like it's not too fast it's not too slow and it's and, not too serious because there's one point where he jumps a fence and like he looks off and it's a, it's a dolly zoom into his face like mother and then like it just is like he just screams mothers yeah. and it turns to a bunch of like moms like yeah, pushing their babies mothers. in carts <laughs> and yeah he's jumping over fences he does like a double backflip and then nick frost is like all right and then smashes into one of the fences. like another play with reality like when exactly. he jumps over does another sweet jump over then the last one he does like a jump and a twirl like some gymnastics move that's obviously yeah. on a trampoline but mm. like the thing is the movie is so like it's it doesn't take away from the movie it doesn't take away from the action it's so quirky and unrealistic that it's just fun yeah Nicholas realizes now that, or at least it seems that these deaths were related to each other. Steve, uh, um, George Merchant was um, trying to, um, he was selling land, who was a client of, Martin, uh, Martin Blower was a client of his, but um, his uh, he was having an affair with um, Eve Draper, who worked at the Department of like agriculture in the town that's how they would get the land. And then Tim Merchant would realize that like, oh, the value of, um, this uh this one uh i think her name is leslie um the plant owner shit her land would go up and so it's pretty clear that they are that they're connected somehow mm -hmm. so when he goes to buy the plant from uh leslie tiller she even says like yeah my my land and this is all new information where i'm like yeah my land i was gonna sell it but um, I went down and I was going to sell it again because it doubled in value. So it seemed like that she's connected. And before anything could happen, she is killed by the clitted figure. Yeah, she like it's a literal like Simon Pegg's like talking to her, goes and makes a phone call. And in the background, while he's making the phone call, the hooded figure comes up and stabs her in the throat with her shears. Yeah, exactly. She's and like, I can never find my scissors. Like it's total <laughs> Chekhov's gun. It's just ridiculous, you know. And I love also in this like it's clear that's another one where it's it's totally clear that the blood is fake. Yeah, and is just like it's so over the top. And I love her. Um, like the way that she talks, she, she's like, cause she's totally ambiguous to all this stuff too. She's like, yeah, I went down and like my, uh, my, uh, my land was going to, is much more worth in value. Would you like a card for this? And she's yeah. like, she's clearly like, it's just like, okay, he just wants his flower. He doesn't want to hear about this, you know? Like the politeness and the play on how yeah. polite the British would be. Mm -hmm. Then we get another one of my favorite scenes, um, which is this, uh, he comes back and he puts a 
coin in the swear jar and he's like leslie tiller was fucking murdered and he's like along with eve draper yeah and george merchant and, and um and like this person and, and tim messenger yeah and he's like um and martin blower he's like no actually Really? Of course he fucking was. <laughs> <laughs> and then they put in a thing in the yeah, jar for like, him. Thank you, Danny. Yeah. And they like take the swear jar very seriously. Like even Andy's like, oh motherfucker. He's like, thank you, Andy. <laughs> yeah, they keep like taking turns swearing, putting stuff in the jar, putting stuff in the jar. And like much- every swear word in that scene, there's mm-hmm. a coin in the jar. Yeah. And as much as like is it's painful kind of to watch, the more Simon Pegg gets angry, the funnier it gets, the better the scene, the yeah. more energy in the scene. And it just I love it. Because his character completely clashes with their lax nature. Uh-huh. Like, everyone's so obnoxiously sheepish mm-hmm. to everything that happens around them. Exactly. And, like, literally, it can be the most obvious thing in the world. And they'll be like, oh, what a terrible accident. Yeah, exactly. That's that's all they really care about. And so he he now realizes, okay, the only person who this could be is Skinner. So he goes, who's the owner of the like that that shop and he's like yeah and he's like you know you wanted to have this land to like to for the possibility of this bypass that was being built by um george merchant because it would be prosperous for this Mm -hmm. um to build a new shopping center and he's like well i don't have um you know i was here all day you can check the security footage and he did and he was and it's kind of a like it's almost a little bit of a letdown because everything he says was right makes but... complete sense. There's no like there aren't really any holes in his whole plan that he put together. It made a lot of sense. And I think when you see the fact like, yeah, he was there, it is kind of a letdown. You know, mm-hmm. you're like because you, you, you want him to be right. And at this point, at that point in the movie, you're kind of like, yeah, maybe maybe all this was a bunch of accidents. Obviously, if you look at the runtime, there's a lot more. So maybe there's something else going on. But it's like, ah, maybe maybe you really thought you really thought he had him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So he goes back to his apartment and who's there but the trolley guy the big the big burly guy I can't the yarp yarp yeah and he beats the hell out of him <laughs> i don't know I, I i also love that scene where like that that's a great fight scene because of how ridiculous it is mm-hmm. everything is heightened in that the music's super loud everything's getting broken everything's being thrown around it's just this movie is such a great not straight parody but kind of a you know paying a lot of homage to just ridiculous cop movies yeah and And, like how over the top they are but like it's all countered by how goofy and sheepish the locals are like all this can happen and they were gonna pin that out oh he slipped and fell and broke his neck on the bathtub (laughs) that's how they were gonna frame the murder yeah when the entire room's just messed up yeah and it's it the thing that differs this movie from other buddy cop movies is just like it embraces its silliness and knows what it is there's not like it's not too overtly serious it knows exactly what it's supposed to be and what it wants to be it's not trying to be anything more Mm -hmm. and it's it's just a lot of fun um so now this idea that there were multiple people involved in the murder like kicks in and so he stumbles upon the nwa meeting um or it's believed that that uh angel was murdered or was killed was taken care of by them and i love the scene where he pretends to be the big guy and he's like so uh he's taken care of yarp <laughs> and y- you've killed him yarp he's not he's- gonna get up again is he Narp. Narp. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, I love that. Like playing with what he has. Yeah, exactly. Like the character will just like mess with something like that. Yeah, I love harp. It. <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's great. <laughs> so he runs to, and I love when uh, when Danny meets him. He's like, "What happened to your peace lily?" Like that's all he cares about is yeah. his peace lily. Um, so he stumbles upon the NWA meeting, and it's everyone from the board meeting from earlier. The more like predominant heads of town, including um frank um that's danny's dad and it finds out we find out so technically he was right mm-hmm. skinner was involved but he wasn't it wasn't intertwined. he wasn't the only one yeah and there were many people who were involved but i love this is this is what sets it apart this movie from many others it takes this idea of the red herring baiting you with skinner. something that's obviously yeah. the killer it's completely over the top and you think they're like, okay, it's they're definitely the culprit. There's no doubt in my mind that they, uh, they are the killer. And then this entire plan makes complete sense. And uh, and then it's not even like you made one fatal mistake. It's literally like you were 100% wrong. We just did this for dumb reasons. Yeah. Everyone in this movie died for no reason. You know, George Merchant died because he had too big of a house. Um, even but, but Martin. How they like do that is like it's just like. I've like from my visits to England and like the people I know there, they're all the the batty old women just like oh their house was just so ugly. It yeah. clashed with the rustic look. I'm like, I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> like it's all just like people with nothing really better to do, but they're just so obsessively compulsive with their yeah. life. Like Yeah, exactly. They want to conform to the right feel and the mm-hmm. right theme of the town. So like all the murders and how goofy like there's no like dastardly plot. It's just like, oh, their their acting career. They there's like is yeah. it okay that they murdered Bill Shakespeare yeah, with exactly. that terrible performance? Yeah, and it's all just small baggage that these people have. All because they want to win Village of the Year because they lost it last time because of you know kids or you know the hoodies yeah or... just <clears throat> stupid reasons because of it and like the or their public enemy number one which is the statue yeah the, the statue man the living statue yeah or the goose <clears throat> or no, the, the swan, swan. The that's swan. what it is yeah and all of that just the fact that it's so that adds to the ridiculous of it because it's like not everything on both sides of this they're constantly trying to convince him that nothing appears you know nothing is as it, as it seems like it, this seems like murder to you but it's an accident and then this gives off the idea that it's like there isn't this huge overbearing scheme to get us into this murder it's literally because they just they didn't like one thing and they blew it way out of proportion. Yeah, the whole so, thing is blowing it way out of proportion. Exactly. So um, a chase ensues. It seems that Danny is kind of with them on this and he runs and he finds the dead bodies of all of the, you know, the kids and the the statue and the dog and like all this other stuff. And he is taken by Danny and it seems as though he's killed him, but he hasn't. He's trying to save him. And it, it's kind of heartfelt because it's like, it seems like... <laughs> It, it seems like he has lost. He's like, well, just you just gotta give up, you know. And he's like, forget it, forget it, Nick. It's China. It's a, uh, it's Sanford. It's like it's totally making fun of Chinatown. You know, it's like forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. You know, it's just like, but like it's so well in its in its parodies and homage. Mm-hmm. And and it, then it gets into like the crazy action sequence. And, yeah, everything at the end of this movie just trying to be the most overblown action scene. 
while also being one of the most fun action scenes to watch in oh, recent yeah. memory. Because it's not like... like it's hilarious to watch like a crazy serious cop character fighting old British men and women yeah. just like farming with their uh, crappy shotguns and whatever. Yeah. And they all have they're all carrying the priest has guns up his sleeves. And the one woman on a bike has two guns. Oh, I yeah. love she's she's got her basket the with the bike just going. Yeah. Pow, pow. <laughs> There's like the the shopkeep lady who uh, runs the shop or whatever. Yeah. She busts out a window and she's got like, like a, basically a sniper yeah. rifle. I love that like it's, he sends the hoodie kids that were on there earlier up in front of like up to the top of the building because it's like no more than one school child in there and it just keeps beeping ding, like ding, beep, ding, beep, ding, beep, ding. and they all go up and take her down. This whole scene and i'm i'm so i'm surprised that no one got hurt like in this entire like barely anyone got i don't think anyone well, actually nobody got, got murdered no one got killed there were a couple people got shot but like shots. no one yeah no one got killed and it's and everyone was a bad shot everyone was a terrible shot but it was <laughs> just like it's so much fun the music every the way it's filmed every scene every shot is like moving and at just the right angle just everything is so well done huge attention to detail i feel like this scene would have been like he had to get it from like 18 different angles oh, to do yeah. it yeah because i mean you see that just a lot of quick cutting from different angles of just doing one thing in like action the movies. entire scene is you sit on the front of your seat and every single shot you're going to see is going to be amazing there's no yeah. shots like oh his him just like turning around or something just yeah. to get him to a different thing every different cut and take has its own quirky little masterpiece absolutely um and so we get to the ends in the pub and frank is able to escape but he gets the his co-workers on his side um simon pegg's character nick and he's able to convince them that this town is not what it seems it's not the happy little quaint town it's literally crazy and you have yeah. to be and they side with him and then they go to the um the the shop and just tear and into the everything the thing is when he's explaining his case almost all of the other cops are like wait what yeah like in most movies they'll be like oh you've been lied to the whole time they'll be like oh my god i've been lied to the whole time mm -hmm. but like they're just sitting there like you've been lied to and they're like can you explain that again? Yeah. <laughs> or, or like you over there. Uh, oh, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite lines. Um, so I love the grocery the grocery store scene where it's like, oh, I'll, I'll handle the trolley boy. Who? And then he gets thrown out the window. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so they fight him. And um, it's like, hold on. Is this what you really want? Mm -hmm. Yarp. Yarp. oh come on and so he um so they're fighting and then everyone else is fighting people behind the deli counter they're just throwing and they're i love throwing knives yeah. infinitely another bend on reality yeah. where it's just a constant flow yeah. of knives and across the, this the screen glass this like bulletproof glasses and like in front of them could like protecting me and i love the line there's two great things that happen with the andes one someone throws a knife and it hits the sauce and it hits him right in the face and he's like ah he's like and it's just bolognese it's okay <laughs> he's like and my friend no and then he yeah. just like runs out starts shooting like hold on it's just bolognese yeah. or, but i also love the um when they get back it's like what's going on two men in a fuckload of cutlery <laughs> like, <I love> that. <laughs> so great and just 
it just like just keeps going down like and then the the girl runs out like that that works there whatever with like a knife and then like the female cop just like whacks her across the face and she's like nothing like a bit of girl on girl right (laughs) (laughs) so they they're able to um skinner runs out with uh frank and they're chasing him down another really great car chase scene that is um it's pretty pretty short but it's still they need they needed the chase scene like they need to do everything nick frost's character was begging like have Uh you ever done this before yeah and they do the in the the pub they do the jumping with the two (laughs) guns yep they do they do everything he wanted to do and every beat that an action movie makes that has become a cliche is used with and it's amazing because it's been revitalized exactly and done for pure entertainment Mm -hmm. it's not done to take like we said it's not taken seriously and so they take down skinner through he gets like pegged in the the mouth with like one of the model oh um, the 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 roof of the church yeah and it's just and you think like oh what a brutal death and then all of a sudden he's just like Oh, yeah, this hurts. I mean, I scream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, this is also what's really great about this movie is the way it ends is very much how action movies end because you constantly think it's like, okay, it's over here. Nope, it's actually over here. And another thing happens. It's like, so they get, okay, you think Skinner's taken down. Oh, wait. So that's the, it. Like, okay. that's the final yeah. thing. Uh, oh, nope. Frank is back. Okay, they take him down. That's going to be the last thing. The swan and takes then the him building, down. And then the building blows up. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you didn't see that. I, I forgot all, that happened. They're all sitting there, like, filling out the paperwork. You think, like, oh, this is it. And then all of a sudden, like, the door gets kicked and down. It's and it's the doctor. It's yeah. the doctor who's, like, who was upstairs the whole time. Like, oh, hey, we forgot he existed. Yeah. <laughs> and he shoots uh, 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 Danny, and they push him back, and the that he gets stuck under the mine and that explodes and no one else dies oh yeah like it's a huge explosion (laughs) the entire building just turns to rubble and everyone's just like sitting perfectly fine just like covered in dirt yeah exactly and but it seems like uh danny has died but then they go and visit um (laughs) his mother's grave yeah he's like oh um she would have these are uh, these are nice he's like yeah she would have loved these and it's clear he didn't die but i think everyone was just like yeah he would but it's it it works so well because it's like it plays on the fact that some action movies end like that yeah it's an ending that we don't need yeah but it like it it works so well and we realize that um simon Pegg does not want to go back to london they've been trying to call him for a while now but he's like he he likes it here he wants to stay i think he realized that this was this was a place for him to work with maybe he realized and uh, and it ends in with a really cool turnaround, fast edit car, like driving like they away. They hear like, oh, there's some, uh, there's a bunch of hippies or something yeah. in the freaking parking lot or something. And they're like, all right, crazy car spin out. And then yeah. they start wheeling off and the hot fuzz logo just goes mm-hmm. like bang, bang, bang. It's uh, like them all doing all that for yeah. like a bunch of people being goofballs in a parking lot or something. Mm-hmm. This movie's two hours long and it doesn't feel like it oh, It moves no. so fast um so the the analysis for this movie is different than most other ones that we've done here because you can't take this movie seriously yeah and you shouldn't it, that's not the point the point of it is definitely purely to entertain but it is a great commentary i think it's really supposed to make us think it's about, not just a goofy comedy like some yeah. adam sandler movie <clears throat> i don't think there's necessarily a really blown out like deep overall takeaway that we're necessarily supposed to take about men about like uh, the how we think in society i think it's more about a commentary and just how action movies have become what they were 
yeah. that they built up to that point and how maybe we just need to like rethink like oh okay they've all seemed very similar and that it's clear that something needs to be changed and yeah. that we're starting to see the same thing over again and the same the thing is edgar wright does action movies like his baby driver is an action movie and like it's not supposed to be funny mm-hmm. but like it's just about taking a different approach to it yeah, instead exactly. of the formulaic mm-hmm. build up and just very serious and very explosiony actiony yeah definitely and I, there's a lot to be said about the characters and and how they, they are just like they work so well and they are so likable all together like there isn't a character that's written that i think is poorly written that they're all they all work so well together but i think the main thing to take away from this movie um is the fact that that you can do something there's there's the theme of that nothing is as it as it seems maybe like you know uh nicholas is like okay i don't i don't really think this town's for me and it kind of ends up being the town for him or that um this isn't something that uh you know i should stay in london and no you should you, you work better or that this is this whole overblown conspiracy no, it's really not. Yeah, it's just he, kind he's of he's found his happiness. Yeah, like at the good mid between a uh, crazy London, like people with guns, like actual like big crime versus going to the small country and just having fun with the tiny crimes. Mm-hmm. I also think this movie is uh, it, it it shows you sometimes that we definitely just need to have fun with certain movies, and I don't think that Edgar Wright is saying there's something necessarily wrong with action movies. I think he he wants to show that some that a lot of them are very similar for sure. But I also think that he wants us to realize that sometimes you just got to turn your brain off and have a lot of fun. Yeah, because he throws in this crazy overblown story that works, but it doesn't have actually it doesn't really it's not true. So sometimes like you just as have, goofy as it is, it still has like a serious kind of feel to it but uh-huh. like it's two sides of the same coin like it's not like just a bunch of fart jokes yeah going the whole movie mm-hmm. and it's just like he wants you to know that this is going to be a fun time and you don't necessarily have to it's not that much of a thinker you know things are laid out for you but they're done in a way that is fun and grabs your attention and forces you to watch mm-hmm. you know, he wants you to watch and he's giving you an, a unique experience because this is clearly like maybe it's beat for beat on paper. What's going to happen is very similar to what we've seen in action movies. But yeah, if you can take something that's been done before, put your own style on it and change, you can literally change it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he does with this movie. It's the same thing he's done with Shaun of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead, because it's like you take something that's a zombie movie, add a comedic edge to it and just make it ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. That movie's a little bit more dramatic than this movie, but um, I think that's what he excels with with this movie personally. That's gonna do it for. Uh, oh wait, we have to give our ratings. Oh, that's oh. true. So I would personally give this movie a platinum because, like we've said a billion times throughout this, that just because it is a new spin on it, I love Edgar Wright's style because of how fast it is, and he's a brilliant writer in dialogue and in story. I think he knows. He takes something that he's enjoyed himself and can make it his own and new, but still feel enjoyable and remnants of the past. Um, and I just love the characters. There's brilliant chemistry going on here. I would say that I would give this movie a platinum because I can watch it so many times and still it mm-hmm. feels fresh. It doesn't feel dated. And it is just 
so much fun. Is this movie perfect? No, but I think that I still think it is over the, it is, I like it a lot more than so many other cop comedies, action movies. It's one of my favorite comedies. Yeah. And I would say it's probably my favorite Edgar Wright film. Like I don't get tired of it. Like Mm -hmm. I could watch it on repeat. So I would also give it a platinum just because it's really captured like the the repetitive nature and makes fun of the repetitive conformity such of like the obsession with biscuits going to the pub at night yeah everything about it it's just it's amazing yeah it's an amazing like culture piece absolutely yeah all right that's gonna do it for this episode of frankly i love movies thanks for coming in chris yeah boy i appreciate you i'm glad that we got to do this and i'm glad you chose this movie because it's a good one um it's it's different for us to talk about it's different points um um we are on uh, we're on facebook and twitter now just look up frankly i love movies it should be the first thing that pops up uh check in in the next two weeks when we have a new review of a new movie with a new guest till then thank you guys for listening and i'm josh wall and frankly i love movies